In this week's episode, it's all about breaking the rules of fiction, whether it's infusing horror with the weird or bending the reality of a Western to include, you know, women. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cover B. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Crazy Uncle Chris's Discount Podcast. That's right. We've got podcasts at low, low prices of 50% off market price. 50% off market price. God, I wish y'all could see my face. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to do intros anymore. (laughs) I try to keep it fresh. He's got so much more energy than Uh, me. This is not fair. (laughs) (laughs) somebody help me intros are hard anyway uh we have uh, oh god there was so many books that came out it was a big uh, week this week so we're going to talk about the ones that really stood out to us and then we're probably going to have a text uh honorable Honorable mentions mentions blog post tomorrow so check that out uh but there was a whole bunch of stuff but we narrowed it down we managed to narrow it down to five uh that we feel like are worth talking about five standouts Um, yeah and you know in a kick to the sensitive parts of the big companies none of them made the cut <laughs> just saying <laughs> just <laughs> i'm looking at you man bat number one um Woof. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway first one i wanted to talk about it was maniac of new york this one's out of aftershock comics it is exactly everything i want in a comic i love it it's got a cool art style uh with like minimal color use um, and the premise is effectively a Jason Voorhees type slasher maniac, psychopath, supernatural, unstoppable behemoth of a slasher uh, is unleashed upon New York City. And but in in a turn of events, we don't really focus on at least the first issue doesn't. It probably will later on, but we don't really focus on a last girl kind of situation. The setup of this book is entirely focused on the nor do we focus on people that are directly interacting with the maniac. Um, We focus on the people around it and the people who have to kind of deal with it, deal with it. And it's, it's an interesting premise because it's basically like, what if Jason Voorhees got dumped into New York and nobody like went out and tried to stop him and people were just kind of like, well, nothing we can do about this, I guess. Like, they treat him like he's a hurricane. You know what I mean? They're like, everybody stay in tonight. We've got maniac sightings on 8th, you know? And it's, it's, that's just such a cool concept. He's like part of the weather report. It's so interesting. And in today's climate, you know, with the world succumbing to a panorama, um, (laughs) to a panini, to a vicious pepperoni that has... To a palindrome. Yeah. To the horrible Patricia that has kept us all inside for months and months and almost a year uh you know things like this and like looking at people's outlooks on something like like there's definitely ties that can be made is what i'm saying i don't know if the author intended that but i'm a lit major so i'm supposed to i'm a i'm a literary scholar is how i'll phrase that (laughs) instead And so it's my job to put intention into the author's head and not the other way around. Take that, authors. Um, <laughs> I decide what you intended. Um, but yeah, I don't know if there's an intention there, but it does have a lot of kind of like 
let's look at our culture and how does our culture react to things. And I feel like, honestly, like, it's not unreasonable to think if, like, a Jack the Ripper thing kicked off at some point. People would be afraid of it, but people would be like, I'm not going to live in fear. Yeah. Eventually, you're just going to, like, keep on going to work. Jack the Ripper, son of a bitch, keep me inside. I'm going to go out and party, you know what I mean? I mean, look at what we're dealing with today. Well, and it does an interesting thing, too, because at one point, I don't want to spoil everything, but at one point it talks about a politician who gets in hot water because apparently, like, a group of young women get get killed by the killer. And he makes a comment like, but, you know, I feel bad, but, like, what were those ladies doing out so late in such a dangerous Mm -hmm. area? Like... Total victim blame. Yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's just so interesting how it infuses very real life scenarios. It takes, it takes a fun thing that I like, which is slasher movies, B-horror movies, and kind of all you... It's clearly steeped in that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they took the bag of Maniac of New York leaves and they steeped it in hot B-horror movie <laughs> trends and themes. Um, it's all over the place. I mean, this character is very clearly jason Voorhees. yeah it's very obvious that the writer the creator was like i want to do a jason book but that's a pain in the ass so i'm gonna do my own thing (laughs) you know they don't own hockey masks it's true um they don't own mass murder they might have a license on those two things combined but come at me (laughs) whoever the licensing company is anyway um but then there's a decent bit of commentary there's it's it does a decent job at taking a look at how our society nowadays reacts to whether it be tragedy whether it be violence whether it be you know panic safety and community safety like how do we react like all the people in this woman who's in charge of the task force of finding the maniac don't take her seriously at all you know yeah. he's out there just literally murdering people you know yeah but they're just like ah whatever calm down champ you know they use him as a way to get around paperwork like yeah and so it's like you know and you know we live in florida to make this connection again they kind of treat him like a hurricane and people in florida don't freak out over hurricanes no we don't they should (laughs) they absolutely should like every expert will tell you you need to have a like hurricane survival kit ready to go and a lot of people do that but a lot of people don't if you live by the coast then you better be ready to evacuate a lot of people do that a lot of people don't if you aren't going to evacuate or even if you are going to evacuate you need to board up your windows and like you know get pets to safety and like make sure cars are you know this and that and do all this safety stuff and a lot of people don't and I that's mean, just, there's a reason there's this big joke about hurricane parties. Yeah, it's a thing. It's kind of it's it's this thing where if if something that's like seriously dangerous happens enough, but not enough where it's like ever present, how would people react? And yeah. so it's kind of like this guy, like if he popped up, murdered 15 people and then disappears for a few months and then pops up again and murders six people. And then disappears for a few months. Yeah. How would people react to that? Like, if no one was able to capture him, would they eventually become desensitized to it? Even though they're living in that area. Because, and it, you know, again, it goes to the whole, uh, the whole paladin situation that we're involved in right now. (laughs) Where people are like, yeah, I know people have died, but... I mean, look at that compared to the amount of people that are, there are in the world. You know, and it's like... 
if this dude's killing like 10 people every few weeks or every couple of months, New York's a big place. People would make that argument. Yeah. I could see that being a real situation. It's so not it's, worth it to live in fear. I don't know it. if this was written as a reaction to the whole Patrick Stewart thing that's happening right now. Um, commentary on it. Yeah, but... It could definitely be taken as one. And I guess I, I shouldn't have named Trump. Pat- Nothing's happening with Patrick Stewart. <laughs> I'm afraid to say the word because it started to come up in SEO. Anyway. Um, we'll call it the pandelirium. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's, you know, a direct response to the panharmonicon thing that's going on right now. <laughs> but... There's a lot of ties and a lot of like connections that can be made. Yeah. And that's crazy. It's crazy to read this book about this like nearly unstoppable supernatural psycho with an axe and a hatchet and a machete was the word I was I was my brain was like musket? He's got a musket. <laughs> no, he's not a revolutionary war reenactor. Calm down. Um oh, <laughs> It's been a long day. Um <laughs> But, uh, you know, this dude with a machete walking around murdering people at New Year's parties and stuff. Uh, it's crazy to read that book and be like, yeah, I could see someone reacting that way. Oh, yeah. You totally. know, 100%. So there's a lot of like, it's a fun book and it's got that fun B-movie feel and it's got really cool art, like I said, with color usage uh, and like negative space usage. But it also is one of those things that just kind of like turns a mirror and it's like, hey, while you're reading. What about this? And it's it's a cool That's thought cool. piece too. In addition yeah. to being really fun, I loved this book. It was really this book cool. was probably my highlight of the week. It was definitely a good one. The next one is also about uh, a strange case, uh, a strange mm-hmm. hard to solve case. This one's called Fear Case. It's by Matt Kind. Um, it, I, I I liked it because I just. I feel like so many of the old school horror things are coming back like vampires and zombies and werewolves. And it's like, mama, mama, mama. Can I get some eldritch horrors? Mm-hmm. Can I get some like weird interdimensional demony stuff? Like, I feel like that's not given enough love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this one is kind of implying that like, that like interdimensional horror esque vibe, and I'm really here for that. I like when stuff's like, you look into its depths and it drives you insane, and yeah. now you're out of control of your own body. Like, we don't get that enough yeah. in horror. It's <laughs> and true, I, and yeah, I yeah. want that, and this is kind of giving me that, but also like, it's giving me that within a beautiful little wrapping paper box of. Like Law and Order, yeah, and I'm like kind of like a procedural to, drama. Yeah, on it's top like of it. it's like I get to watch like CSI, FBI edition plus like or like it's NCIS, but like with Eldritch terrors, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's two of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's uh, weird fiction has had kind of a rough go, right? Because like. Weird fiction has a nice little home on in like indie comics and like corners of the internet. Cause yeah. like creepypasta, and if you go on like Reddit, no sleep, like our no sleep uh, on Reddit. I love creepypasta. It's all very 
weird fiction. It's, it's like it's weird. not your typical. There's plenty that are just your typical like ah uh, evil slasher, and there are plenty that are the typical like ah uh, the call is coming from inside the house. They're like oh the ghost of my grandma and turned out to not be my grandma and like stuff like that. It's but just there's a, a monster under my bed. There's a lot of things that are like creepy, faceless men in basements that run backwards and like. <laughs> Ugh, houses so houses that pop up randomly and you can't get out of them once you go into them and staircases that magically appear in the wilderness, in the wilderness that go to nowhere and you know children's tv shows that drive children insane and you know haunted majora's mask copies being bought at yard sales and stuff like that Ugh, ben drowned. and um <laughs> so you know that area has just celebrated weird fiction consistently but every time weird fiction starts to make its way into the mainstream anything that's like a a genre or a style trying to get into the mainstream has to be built on the backs of giants it just has to kind of have that reference yeah and one of the biggest points of reference is hp lovecraft yep and you know a few years back, another big point of entry that was becoming popular was the whole Slenderman mythos. Yep. But both of those really hit like a wall when the Slenderman thing resulted in the stabbing of that girl and huh. got tied to that. So Slenderman was out, gone. We can't deal with Slenderman stuff anymore. We can't deal, can't deal with stuff like Slenderman. This all why we can't have nice all meme monsters need to be, we need to be wary of those. And then... You've got the fact that more and more people are drawing attention to the fact that H.P. Lovecraft was a total racist. Yeah. Whatever you want to say, take your scholarly dis scholarly discussion elsewhere. Like whatever, it's a he was a part of his time, and it was the time. Whatever. A lot of racial overtones. Yeah, <laughs> like not good ones. A lot of his stories, they're not even that hidden. It's what it is. It's what it is. So it's it's hard to build off of. So weird fiction has hit these walls yep. as it's tried to come in. And we've seen little examples of it kind of like dripping in through like Lovecraft Country so and uh, Channel Zero, that series oh, for a so while. Um, a lot of uh, the Hulu Into the Dark movies have like little smidges of weird fiction yeah. dipping in from time to time. True. So it's starting to come. So I think we're about to approach a point where we're in like the weird fiction renaissance. And oh, I hope hell so. yes. But <laughs> so. um, comics are reaching a really cool point where there's a lot of it around. Like weird fiction is like just slamming, hitting the ground running. You've got Ice Cream Man is incredibly popular and deals with a lot of that stuff. And then you see more and more things doing horror the way like you said, where it's like dark and mysterious and outside of our perception and weird and strange and they might not go full in but you have things using kind of like tidbits of that like something is killing the children the monsters can't be seen you have to have special vision and yada 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 like yeah. that's a little bit of weird fiction in there even if the story itself isn't directly that right um but yeah i agree we need more of that I and this one agree. dips into it and it, it f in addition it felt like such a 2000 early 2000s horror movie concept yeah because it was basically like email chain letters the <laughs> the box it was yeah. like if the ark of the covenant got bored in that warehouse from indiana jones <laughs> it was like what if i was a chain letter <laughs> it's true no it's absolutely true like i i could see a very young joseph gordon levitt being like 
a part of this <laughs> this movie. Like that seems yeah. on par. But it's I too am very hopeful. I think other weird fictions have started to get enough ground and support, particularly online fictions. So like mm-hmm. for instance, you know, we've we've started to walk away from Lovecraft, but then people realize that there's things like SCP that yeah, exist exactly. online that's and that's got so example. much yeah. it's got so much depth and so much breadth to it now um that people are using that as inspiration for things because it it's not yeah. You know, it doesn't have those horrible undertones. And then, like, Slender Man's no longer viable, so now we have Siren Head, and Siren Head's starting to pick up speed and get some sort of, like, you know, support and, and online, like, mm-hmm. fervor. And so it's nice because I feel like they're starting to, like, refill the gaps, like, repaper the walls. And so I, I think you're right. I think we might be about to hit, yeah. like, we just need one. Effectively, we need a Siren Head movie that's, like, really good. Yeah. We need it to be like Siren Head, Paranormal Activity Siren Head. <laughs> we need, and we, it would just yeah. be like, bust down the walls, open the dams, make it happen. Yeah. And it would be like amazing. We need somebody I mean? to take a page out of Channel Zero and work out. I don't know how they worked out the rights to the stories, but they worked out the rights to the stories somehow with the people that originally created them on the No Sleep forums and various yeah. other forums and stuff like that. Um, they need to take a page out of those people's production team playbook and make movies off of that shit yep like find 100%. good stories and start giving money to the creators who Absolutely. made these stories put them on as like a you know writer credit or like have them in the writing room have them work with you you know what i mean yeah. like there are some really incredible things out there and then you know you look at the scp community and it's entirely created under a common license like you're allowed to use anything from an scp the only requirement is that you then put something back out there yeah. you know what i mean like you reference it back and put something out there you know what i mean right and you can't claim your right to it you know right and for those of you who are wondering what's an scp i highly recommend you look up scp stuff it's some of the coolest like community driven horror content and like weird fiction content it's in the, super cool uh really cool just shout out to the guy I use to learn a lot about SCP stuff, the exploring series on YouTube does a lot of different things like exploring D and D monsters, exploring this and exploring that. But he has a whole series of SCPs where it's just him talking about and laying out all the details of these SCPs really worth a listen. I highly recommend it, but yes, I think we're vast approaching like a weird fiction renaissance. And I guess it wouldn't be a renaissance because weird fiction really never had its naissance. It's always been kind of a kitsch. It'll kind be a of thing. golden age. Yeah, it'll be like a golden age uh of of weird fiction and god I can't wait. Same. Um taking a bit of a tonal shift, kinda. Uh <clears throat> the next one is called Chained to the Grave. I believe this one's from IDW. Um It was cool. It's it's definitely my second favorite from this one. It's a pretty simple premise. It's a man living in the wild west. With his old lady and two kids, and he's just trying to get out of that dirty life and get his family to safety because he's been betrayed by people who set him on a wrong path, sent him on a dangerous journey to steal some treasure. Oh, and he's also a zombie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I buried the lead there a bit. A little bit. The book opens with him being resurrected by his wife through some sort of voodoo 
indigenous people's mysticism. Yeah. Um, And it's wild. The art is crazy. It looks like a freaking like neon fever dream. Uh, It's just, it's a cool book. Like it's It's really, really cool. It looks like something that would happen in like a dream sequence in Beavis and Butthead. Like it's just like (laughs) cartoony and wicked and like the colors are everywhere and it's like 1990s like punk art kind of color schemes and it's just oh it's it's cool and it doesn't it doesn't like hold your hand through it like it introduces characters without any context Mm -hmm. and it brings in like you know surprise and betrayal and you're like wait what just happened and then you like go back and you're like oh oh no (laughs) it's it's got a cool bit of world building to it in that it's like, it's a very easy to accept Western premise. Like yeah, it's, absolutely. it's not an unfamiliar Western premise, but it's pasted onto this, like into this frame of a world with all these different supernatural things going on. And there's characters that we see doing things, but we don't know why or exactly what they're doing yet. It's possibly werewolves. There's like a huge betrayal moment and it's it's just cool. Like it's it's just very, very cool. Uh and so simple. It's such a simple concept, but it just it just works. Yeah. And like, you know, you actually feel for this dude. He's like a scumbag Wild West renegade who, you know, robs people and stuff and has been summoned and is now a zombie. But you actually are like rooting for him. You're like, I want him and his family to be safe. He's like, no different I want him than to make Malcolm it out. Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 cool. It's it, very cool. It's a very, very fun book. It it was a rip roaring slowly rotting rigor mortis west rootin' tootin' and uh uh rootin' tootin' rotted flesh shooting western hoot nanny i'm sorry i couldn't i couldn't find a, a fun thing to say all right let's rewind uh this book's about a zombie doing western things read it it's dope so next book What if we what if we had an episode where it was just that was what we did? Where it's just like this book's about this. All right, I'm gonna talk about Maniac in New York. It's about a maniac in New York. It's cool, pick it up. Anyway, next up is Fear Case. It's about this case <laughs> that kills people. The Secret Service is involved. Pick Elfrey. it up. It was fun. Uh anyway, chain to the grave. Cowboys, zombies, uh, guns. Mysticism. Mysticism. Pick it up. It was cool. Anyway, next. <laughs> Uh, if we ever like that'll really be our rushing, episode 100 we'll be like episode 100 giant size special and it'll be like a five minute episode yeah, of us being like, be like uh new x-men book it's x-men it's cool grab it it's great <laughs> uh archie doing archie stuff betty and veronica he can't choose it was good <laughs> <laughs> now that concept in my mind is just evolving to like what if we did an episode where we were like two old people and we were like it's archie it's betty it's veronica which one does he want we don't know he's always that archie's he's always between the betty and the veronica we don't know which one he's gonna take and he doesn't know just pick a get a nice girl (laughs) archie why can't you settle down with a good girl okay 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 i'm taking back control 
Okay. <laughs> that okay. one. Okay. So next up, yeah. Um, I really, really enjoyed this book, but I need to preface this. So this is written and arted, artisted, uh, by Maria Lovett. Mm-hmm. I don't always mesh with stuff from Maria. It's Lovett. true. Yeah. She's. I'm gonna put this in the most loving way because sometimes it can be great and sometimes it can be more than I can handle. But she's super extra. <laughs> okay. It's just the best way to articulate the books that come. And sometimes the extra is fantastic. And sometimes the extra is more than I am capable of handling and digesting. And that's just what it is. This one, the extra is perfect. It's a very, you know, familiar, obvious concept. Girl goes out into the desert to find herself, ends up coming across like a hippie love cult. Sold. Okay. However, it's Maria Lovett. So the art is like gorgeous and trippy dippy and they're like high in the whole book. And so there's like spiral insane art and like it it's like it's like being on acid. It's so cool though. And like you know that there's like weird stuff going on in the background mm-hmm. and you're not entirely sure if it's like mystical or spiritual or like hauntings or like supernatural stuff or like entirely what is happening there's like a haunted holy cave and you don't like it's trippy as balls and i really enjoyed it yeah uh any book that leaves me on a page going hold up that jesus um (laughs) it it has my interest um, I do need to warn really quick, though. This is not a... This is an NSFW book. <laughs> yeah, this okay, is not don't a, pick this one up to read, read on your lunch on, break. Yeah. This one has some naughty bits and some heckin' doing it while high. So, like, maybe don't, you know, read this in polite company. Yeah. Uh, this is not one you read on the train. No, <laughs> no. Unless that's I mean, just it's not honestly, on. it's not as bad as some of uh, Maria Lovett's other things. It's true. She is a very erotic driven illustrator. Yes. That's what she does. She does Faithless, which is an erotic book. She did uh, another one I read by her was uh, There's Nothing There. Had a lot of the nudies. I believe we talked about Heartbeat. Heartbeat. uh, Had some nudies? Did that have nudies? It had weird... Did that have nudies? It had weird stuff, Uh, though. She's also done, I think, a book called Porcelain and a book called Loud, but I haven't read those. Um, I love Maria Lovett, and I love this book. (laughs) And I don't have much more to add on top of what T said, except for I don't know if Maria Lovett is drawing herself or if her if she is drawing someone she knows or like a point of reference but she really likes drawing that character Mm -hmm. because in all the books I've read from her the character is kind of like the same character (laughs) and I'm fine with it I'm totally fine with that what I'm getting at is I really want a the love it verse book which is a crossover of all of her where they find out that the character from Faithless and There's Nothing There and Heartbeat and Luna are actually versions of the same character from uh, 
from uh, different universes and they have to join forces to fight the army of, I don't know, Mirka Andolfo characters from their... <laughs> You'd have Mirka Andolfo draw a Thanos-esque... That would be so pretty, though. Like, angel, demon, and that's who they have to Except, fight. Except, okay, hold on, though. You have now put together Maria Lovett and Merck Andolfo, which means that, like, the end battle is just going to be a giant sex scene. So. Call me. <laughs> I'll help write it. That's all I'm saying. It was good. If any, if cool. any book is ever going to have a giant crossover, it'll be this one because it is trippy. Yeah. And dippy. And, I, and I, good. I, I want to say, I'm, you know, I'm making a joke. And it's true that a lot of the main characters in her books all look kind of like the same thing but that's not a problem no. that's not a problem i don't have a problem with it i'm not making a criticism uh it's just something that jumped out i was reading this book and uh because i got the jenny Frieson cover which you should too because it's a beautiful cover it is very pretty um and one day i'll look up a video to know if i'm actually pronouncing her name correctly <laughs> every time i go to talk about jenny Frieson, i'm like is it frizon frisian i don't know um anyway uh and so I was expecting not a black-haired girl, uh, but I got another black-haired girl. And I was like, oh, this is like the Faithless 2 character. <laughs> the Faithless <laughs> character. Interesting. Anyway, art's beautiful. Layout's beautiful. Check it out. Agreed. Good book. Uh, and then the last one we want to talk about is Redemption. Numero Un. Written by Krista Faust. With uh, art by Mike Diodato Jr., uh, this one was also very interesting. I honestly liked this one a lot more than I thought. I almost passed on this one. I don't want to call out Mike Diodato Jr. and say that he's not a good artist because he is. His style just doesn't always grab me. It doesn't always, it's not always, it's not always my cup of tea. Honestly, it super worked for this genre. It's uh, though. you know, I I liked it in he did, I believe he did some Savage Avengers, I think. Um, and I liked him on that, and I I have liked other things that he does, but sometimes when in, he's involved with like an indie book or something, it's just the his character design can be a little bit like old fashioned for me. Right. Um. Yeah. No, in addition, definitely. this one had a lot of like Mad Max tones to it in like how it's set up and the world and things like that. Like it's a very Mad Max kind of world. Right. And I'm just not that into Mad Max. I'm really not like, I know a lot of people are, but that, that aesthetic and that like type of world, eh, like it doesn't really like, right. You know, fallout new Vegas was my least favorite fallout world. Right. I loved no, the I game and the gameplay was great. And the story was cool. Uh, side quests were really fun, but being out in the desert and everyone's like edgy and wearing spikes and shit eh. <laughs> like me uh so i almost passed on this one and i'm glad i did not because what i ended up getting was another really cool neo-western story yes with a really badass like main main character or like i guess what is it when they're they're not the pro like duo antagonist is that what it when it's yeah. they're not the protagonist they're the second step down yeah uh, which is a whole concept that I only recently learned, which is weird because I got 
my degree in reading stories and no one ever told me that there's protagonists and duotagonists and like tertagonists and quadratagonists and all this other crazy crap. Anyway, uh, cool book, cool revenge story. Again, another kind of Western story that's not too hard to really like grasp, really like get your head around, uh, but framed in an interesting way. I'm going to tell you, I am so unbelievably excited about this book, you guys. And it's, Something that I didn't know that I was ever going to actually be able to say. This is a Western that passes the Bechdel test. Yeah. That doesn't happen. That's hard. Period. Yeah, that's real. Period. There, You don't have, no one does like a Western based around women. They don't. It's not a thing that people do. Mm-hmm. Because for some reason people don't think. You know, women like Westerns. And I guess it's like one of those stereotypical things like mom's going to go watch, you know, an an 80s romance movie and dad's going to go watch a old Western or some nonsense. But like, I want a good Western. I don't care about Westerns because I don't have any representation in them. I don't care because I don't see myself, so I can't relate to anything. So it's just a bunch of old white dudes doing white dude crap. Yep. In da- in sand, neat. So much <laughs> that I care sand. about. Like I hate sand. The minute you put it's small really cool, and coarse and it gets everywhere. Right. So the minute you put really cool like female characters in this very like rebellious type of like us versus them type of environment, like it's why I loved I loved Gotham City Garage. Mm-hmm. Gotham City Garage was the same vibe. It was very like Mad Basque, Mad Max esque. It was all the sirens, like building giant motorcycles out in the middle of the desert and like fighting stuff. And it was all the like the primary women of of DC being badass. And it was awesome. And I really enjoyed it. And I wished they'd done more with it, but it was like limited series that apparently I'm the only one that read but like this felt like that to me that gave me that same vibe where I was like yeah badass ladies doing badass lady things being awesome and not taking no crap and doing it in sand and I was like yeah (laughs) (laughs) F it we're doing it in sand I just got really excited I don't know like we just this is a note to all of the directors out there you want to make a movie that you don't think's gonna work and then is a surprise hit that you end up making a bunch of money on off of netflix make a western entirely focused around women yeah do it well and that's the thing right is like we're getting more and more neo-westerns that are (laughs) removing that film of machismo from westerns and just kind of tossing it off to the side like a, one of my favorite books that I'm reading that's getting a second volume that I think focuses on a different character. I don't know. I haven't looked into it too much um, is Undone by Blood, which is all about a young teenage girl out for revenge against the people that killed her family. You know, you have Westworld. Dolores yep. is the big bad man <laughs> yep. in black, quote unquote, in Westworld. Yep. And that's amazing. And that's cool. And yep. it's all about revenge. And it's all about like proving oneself. But it's all from a female power perspective. Well, and so many people are like, oh, but you have to be true to the period. But here's the thing. You're writing fiction, okay? Let's look at Bridgerton real quick. Bridgerton, the queen is a black woman. 
Did that happen in real life? No. Is it perfectly acceptable in the storyline and the way that it's depicted? Mm -hmm. Yes. Do you ever freaking question any of the high-powered, very wealthy, successful black people in the show? No. And it's amazing. Yeah. And you don't it do, you don't think twice and it's perfect. And that's how you introduce equality and representation because you're making fiction. It doesn't have to be true to life because fun fact, 9 times out of 10, Life kind of sucked. Well, when I'm going, yeah. <laughs> and when I'm going to a comic book store, I can walk into the comic book store and leave with a book about space magicians. I can leave with a book about a robot that can turn into a car. I can leave with a book about Conan. You know, like I don't yeah. have to, ex <laughs> I don't have to drop my disbelief that much. You know no. what I mean? Like people going in and buying fiction aren't going to buy it take it home and be like oh my god look at how they laid out this building that doesn't make any architectural <laughs> sense right? what the hell you can't have angles like that with that kind of material are you crazy literally unreadable i'm gonna go burn all the copies of this book no it's a freaking comic you know what i mean that's that's the thing that i don't understand is that in so many instances it's like people will suspend their disbelief in these genres but not in these genres mm -hmm. and that's bullshit you can create whatever world you want in historical fiction or in like western fiction because it's fiction yeah the so the, just do whatever you yeah. want the constraints of your world are only those that you put into it yes so if you want it to feel realistic you can do that but if you don't want it to, you can do that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's one of the hottest books. Saga is all about like space fantasy people fighting a race of people with TVs for their heads and stuff. Yeah. I think. I don't know. I never read that much of Saga. <laughs> I got a little bit into it and then other things came up. Um, but you know what I mean? Like it's it's not crazy for people to have to suspend their disbelief to some degree. Plenty of comics do it. Yes. Plenty of comics just no holds bar. So it's it's not impossible for things like noir or westerns or even like kind of pulp serial comics to have a change of their quote-unquote realism or a change of their quote-unquote like hierarchy of characters or themes or anything like that social expectations social expectations and just be fun for whoever wants it to be fun yep yep so anyway that's going to do it for us like i said we still have more that we want to talk about so look forward to an honorable mentions where we're going to be talking about specter inspectors the encoded deep beyond and sonya versal uh, so that'll be hitting our website tomorrow. Yes. Uh, oh, what website you might be asking? Well, it's coverbepodcast.com. <laughs> if you want even more Coverbee, we're also on social media on Facebook and Twitter at coverbepodcast. Yep. While you're checking out our website to see our honorable mentions, pop on over to Twitch tomorrow. We're going to be continuing and finishing off the first act of our uh, Star Wars RPG saga, Tink Wars. Yeah. Uh, which is on our Twitch channel, uh, twitch.tv slash tink tink games. That's tink, T-I-N-K, twice, games. Check it out. Uh, it's tons of fun. Yeah, it's going to be good. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, you guys, and we will see you on the next episode of Cover, of Cover B. B. Bye.